There we go. Shifted my monitor and things around, so... Hopefully... That won't be looking so much of a profile. Alright. <clears throat> Welcome back to the Best Boys a film podcast i am your host i am slob thomas aka jp and i'm with my brother from the same mother cory that's cory that's it you didn't i don't, you... I don't have a fancy name but what? It's... <laughs> i set you up it was like t-ball baby ah. you just hit it out Corey Mad Dog Pitcast. We're back. And we're here to talk about some movies. Part three, Boom Fest 2021. Does this look cinematic when I turn this light off? Is this just like ah <laughs> No. That, yeah, the lighting on Atomic Blonde. I love it. We're gonna talk I about that lighting. It. We're gonna talk about that lighting. I did not hate it, that's for sure, but we're gonna talk about it. Coming oh, up, yeah, I watched it in HDR or, or in the door, uh, and it was fucking sick. <clears throat> like the color and and everything, lighting and everything. Um, we watched it on the TV, 4K. I think it was HDR also, but it was with you know the T the the TCL that we have. Yeah, um, but it looked good. It looked good, the colors. But we're gonna get to that. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? I'm all right. I'm um kind of wind it down after a busy week uh worked on some gaff and some corp video thing and then uh i worked at the rental house and on sunday oh on sunday did a uh a dp to commercial the first for the first time with Double my red penetrated it and yeah we uh we were kind of on a small budget but we made it work um we we're shooting down at the heinz history center um we're just trying to make it do this like little West Wing style uh, commercial um, for that walk at home company, but it turned out good. It turned out really good. I'm actually super like excited with how it looks. Um, the yeah, I I wish I could share stills from it because I'm I don't know it turned out good. It was my first time shooting with uh, Ultra Primes, which are super super nice um, commercial lenses and. They are as clean as everyone says they are, and I now know why commercials like to shoot with them. Uh, they're just like no CA. They're so fucking sharp. Uh, no distortion on any of the lenses. Like it's just so it's just so clean, and it paired so well with the Komodo. Um, so I was really excited about it. That sounds exciting. I'm glad that you're you're working in both uh, sides of the of North America, both coasts of North America. This boy works. Um, traveling man, so it's time to to make time for this humble podcast. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> so, well, uh, I got no, I got no updates as usual. I mean, Riss, uh, my my partner, we've been working on um, Warhammer minis the last night or so, um, fixing a bunch of ones that uh, needed to be finished. Uh, but and watch these movies. Uh, and yeah, you know, we got work being done on the house next week. I feel like it's all I ever talk about is the house and I fill the hole. Did I tell you did I tell the podcast a story about the hole I found in the yard? I don't know, but are you wearing a robe? Uh it's like a it's like a it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of like this button down <laughs> sweater cool. thing. 
Uh, okay, it, from my it, from how it looked with Pyre, it looked like you were open. shirtless with just a robe on. Well, <laughs> like, I, let, I letting all the hamburger I, meat out. I have a beater on, and I am letting my meat out for the podcast. Thank you for, <laughs> for letting the audio listeners all uh, know I that love the meat it. I that love the it. meat is out. Hey, he looks comfortable. That's all you need to know. Uh, that's what I'm here to do. That's what I'm here to be. Look cool and look comfy. Um, did I tell the story about the hole in my yard? I, I don't think on the podcast now. Okay, so I'll briefly go, briefly give you the uh, the recap. So I do the Riss has skin skin problems, so like cutting grass is just out for her. She was doing paying somebody to landscape, and I'm living here. I'm like, no fucking way. Um, so I've been cutting the grass, and one day I stepped through this board, um, in like I stepped through a hole in the yard, straight in the middle of the yard. And I saw that it was rotted out wood that was opened up. But it just, you know, like I stepped right through it. It did cave away. And there was, I noticed that there was multiple boards side by side. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like the grass is growing over these wood, old wooden boards that are rotting. And uh, I kind of smashed through them. And then there was this giant open hole underneath the boards. Um... And I dug a little bit deeper, and I, and I, I assumed it was a grave for animals of some kind. Um, but it didn't. It doesn't appear to be. It, uh, I assumed it was some kind of grave, but didn't find a grave. Found a garbage bag filled with garbage. Don't understand what it was. Um, Did just, you look in? just Is it like styrofoam. Is it like anything that could be? It was like cans and uh, stuff like that. Check inside the cans. Maybe there's gold hidden in those cans. Um, well, we did. We did. There was no treasure. It was just trash. I don't understand it. So we we took the trash through it, put it with our trash, and I've been filling the hole. Um, and that's so that's been my experience. Also, I cut down a tree, um, a small, very small tree, and we've been burnt slowly burning it because I don't know what else to do with it. And that's the yeah. updates and uh. And the homestead. My camera is freaking out, I'm noticing over here, but we're just going to ignore that and continue. The mine's coming in a little choppy, but not that bad. But yeah, so let's move on. Let's talk about our two movies All today. Right. Uh, so, I don't know if you can tell, I'm sweating over here. I don't know, can you feel the heat? Uh, I'm actually pretty cool, thankfully. I turned the AC on right before the podcast started. All right, you knew the heat was coming, so you. you, you yeah, the heat is on. The heat well, is on. Too. It's not actually hot in here. I was trying to make a bit. I know, I know. I wanted. I was trying to to awkward pretend like I didn't get the bit, but I guess that ruined the bit. That's okay. <laughs> the, well, the heat is on. The heat. Oh man, oh man, I don't. So directed by <laughs> Michael Mann, nineteen ninety-five, <clears throat> starring a fucking cast. No. I, the, this the is all-star, all-star cast. cast. Literally everyone is famous. Everyone, even in the smallest of parts, is like, oh, I know them yeah. from this. Oh, yeah, I know the, them from this. The all-state guy is is just such a wasted. Guy. Yeah, I okay. I I'm so mad about the Allstate guy, and that's what I want to talk about. 
I want to talk about that. That was the top of my list of things to talk about. All state guy underlined yeah. three times. It's just like, why? why so what did you think general? about, but what did you think about hate in the general sense before we get to that? Nice. Um, all right. I hot take. This is just the killer from last week, but with more moving parts. <laughs> I didn't. I, I did compare them in my head, but I don't. I guess. I guess you're right. Well, it's similar. It's similar. There's the a bromance. Cop. There's a bromance yeah, between a cop and a, and a criminal. This is if and at the uh, they don't become you know friends at the end, but they they do kind of become friends. But they both just like I have a job to do. Whereas in the killer, they were just like, you know, let's 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 do this together. Um. But like two, I don't know. Just kept thinking of the, of the killer. But all, I was bored. I was the cool. When it's cool, it's cool. But then there's when it's so cool, much it's awesome. But, but yeah, like, but it, there's uh, so much not like just boring shit in between that just drags. Like this movie didn't need to be three hours. Like you know, but you've got it. it, it feels like written it's... by Michael Mann, directed by Michael Mann, produced by Michael Mann. So he's like, when you have all of those roles, you could do whatever you want. This is just like a like a very much like a crime noir love letter to LA that was just way too long. It's it seems like it's a masturbatory dedication to Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. And just like let's get a bunch of people under them that are also famous, yeah. but just give them all this movie's minutes and have them ham it up. Not Robert De Niro does not ham it up. But no, I was saying he hardly has he, any lines. Well, he's very subdued performance. He's constantly in it. He's got a lot of screen yeah. time. Um, my boy Val Kilmer, who I was so excited about because I heard that this is one of his sickest roles, uh, barely, barely talks. <laughs> barely talks. He's in it. And when he's in it, has maybe a line, maybe once in a while. Um, I found out so a little insight on the production. Um, I found out that this was actually a. The script he used for this, Michael Mann, was a TV movie in the 80s. And um, he, for some reason, wanted to do it right on a full Hollywood budget. And um, didn't want to direct it, but ended up directing it. Um, apparently, all of the marketing and advertising around it is Pacino versus De Niro. The first time they are on screen at the same time. Because they're both in Godfather 2. But they're, yeah. but they're not on the same... But they're... It's... Robert De Niro is the flashback, so they're never yeah. on screen together. Um, and uh, so this is like a legendary thing, and it feels like this big Hollywood, like these are the Hollywood superstars, and everyone in this movie is famous. And like you got Tom Sizemore. We got a great cast. The cast is phenomenal. Yeah. The performances I of the supporting the people are amazing. As much as Val I was mad that Val Kilmer's character had no lines, his performance without any lines was awesome. Was really good. Like his mm -hmm. story gets emotional a bit towards the end. Um, and uh, but also like I didn't care about any of these storylines. And, yep. and it, I was so in in the beginning, the first act. So the opening sequence, awesome. And then like the beginning where like all the cops are coming together and they're trying to piece it together. And I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, this is cool. Mm. This is cool. And then we're meeting the family and whatever. Okay, whatever. 
you know, Natalie Portman shows up in the beginning, doesn't show up again until the end of the movie, and she's fucking killed herself. Uh, mm. A lot of the, so, um, I can't believe I'm saying this, but uh, the female characters in this movie are vehicles only and are yeah. have no agency, no development, or or any stake in this story of their own. Um, the deter Al Pacino's character is a lot of it's about his he so Al Pacino is a detective, Robert De Niro is a a bank robber, a heist man, um, crime man, <laughs> Grand Theft Auto protagonist. I would say is what Robert De Niro is, video game wise. <laughs> and uh, uh, what's his Al Pacino is so good at his job and so like immersed in it and it, and whatever that his his family and relationships are have deteriorated his personal life and he's like lives in some um like it's his though his current wife it's his second marriage it's her second marriage and so like he's living in somebody's house and the daughter isn't his he doesn't seem to have a kid of his own um and uh yeah the daughter is played by natalie portman like i said gets two scenes uh the wife whose performance i thought was really good and it was probably one of the under you know underrated parts of the movie it's just like it's felt so it just felt so all in service to al pacino's character like they both of the characters are flawed you know they're they're so hyper masculine hyper masculine mm. robert de niro is like super quiet and i'm so isolated because i like to rob banks and i can't let women in but i'm gonna let you in come come with me Oh, I don't want to. I don't if you want feel to. the heat, you got to be able to drop everything and everyone in 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah, I'll kill anyone that gets in my way. I'm. It's just, you know what it is? It's a played out premise that is. Maybe it's because it's been done so many times. Like, maybe if I would have saw this movie when I was younger, before I've seen a million other movies. That That's I what I said to, uh, to Kylie was. That if I saw this in '95, I would probably think this is fucking phenomenal. But because I'm seeing it in 2021, I, I was bored. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Great ass. I didn't know that this is what that this is. I didn't either. It line. caught me off guard. It caught me off guard. I was like, oh, I for some reason thought it was from an older movie. She's got a great ass. <laughs> but I mean, performance-wise, like, yeah, Pacino's hamming it up like, like times a million. But oh he's, my god, I, I loved it though. I loved it. See, okay, so I, the, he was my favorite part of the movie because it was just entertaining to watch him just fucking yell. I see. I like this just, guy's an asshole, and I'm rooting against him. And I was like, the whole time, he's got to die in the end. There's no way, no way he's allowed to just be this asshole and nothing happens to him in the end of this movie. And you what know do you what? Mean? He's just, he's just like a married to the job guy. That's just like, but, but he's, he's mean there to everyone. He treats work. all of his coworkers like pieces of shit. Like they're all beneath him because he's like the super cop. And they're all. Oh, I took it as just, he's just insanely frustrated at, of like how good this team is, and he just is falling so behind. I just took it as just like frustration that he's just taken out on everybody, not like him, like feeling superior. Oh, uh, I, I, I guess I could see that. I could see that. I read it as he's an asshole, 
and he's a mean co-worker he's bad husband and dad and um and he has one moment say, where he does Nelly something Portman good the only person he cares about like truly he does he talks shit on her for being crazy and going to a therapist in the one point doesn't he oh my kid gotta go to a therapist just a thing she's all right i was like what the fuck dude asshole <laughs> He seemed, to, he seemed to really like care about like the whole the dad not coming up and stuff like that's what it was i, I took that like, he seemed like he hates the dad the dead dad the dad is dead like it's not even that he's he like left oh oh i didn't yeah she says he's dead. yeah i think so unless i got that wrong um because he says something like the ex dead tech postmodern house this piece of shit postmodern house like the scene oh i t i just i just took that as like like it says it's an art style that's no longer in like the what he's referring to like this 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 style home that's no longer in style oh, i read I about the in. production and that house is supposed to be cutting edge for the time and it was like they purposely mm -hmm. like they wanted to have this old noir story but was said it was sets that make it distinctly like you know modern 1995 like cutting edge to like architecture designs like the suits and everything yeah. um um so so yeah the i'm into the first act of this movie i'm in all the way to there's a scene at a coffee shop and they're talking about they're all like reminiscing and whatever and like after the first job i'm into it I'm into it for a while i'm into it i'm i even like the scene where they're where they in the middle of it Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, they have to have their one scene. They get two scenes together, technically. But the mm. they have a scene in a coffee shop where they just talk to each other about how they're going to kill each other someday. Uh, mm. We're like the same, but I'm going to kill you one day. <laughs> yeah, I, think, the, I think Robert De Niro said that. Sorry, go ahead. Well, he was Robert De Niro was just like, you know, I'm never going back no matter what, like talking about going back to jail, meaning like he's either going to die or get away. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, uh, it was, I, I started laughing right after the scene, he goes back and they're just like, everybody lost their tails. He's like, what the, I was having coffee with him 30 minutes ago. What the fuck? And it was just, <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was funny, but it was like, it was good. I don't know. I love the way this movie shot. I love the, oh, um, it's beautiful. It's, it's shot beautifully. It's it's super clean. the The lighting choices sometimes are like it, like he's shooting with the key, and it looks kind of odd to me, but it works. And it's just like it's really the whole. Uh, I love that the, there's a lot of anamorphic distortion in the movie, um, based on like the kind of lenses they were shooting with. And stuff. Uh, they, but apparently, still, like, they used a tele uh, a telephoto lens. I was reading, um, and that was how the they used a lot of uh, a telephoto lens. Am I? That's a thing, right? A telephoto lens just means a zoom lens. I, I don't. I'm then I don't like, know. Like a like a tight like a tight lens. They shot this on anamorphic though, because you can tell by the oval bokehs and the uh, the edge distortion that you get on some of the wider. Uh, See, that's what they were talking about. It says so some telephoto lens that uh, made so that like um, the background looked blurry and like um, so the, the foreground characters like pop more. And I don't remember. I should have wrote it down. Um, yeah, well, yeah. I mean that that's do is what you get when you shoot with tight regardless of your f-stop your your background gets or your depth of field gets shallower the tighter of a lens you use so it's 
combination of that with the anamorphic look is just sick. It just worked. Everything on this just looks so good. Probably shot everything on a 50 and a 85 as their wide or 50 as their wide and 85 as their uh, portrait. Um. So yeah, let's talk about. So the team is Danny Trejo, Tom Sizemore, um, Robert De Niro, and Val Kilmer. And then there was and a fifth, Wangro. and then Wangro, who's his terrible name. I hate that name. I hate the name Wangro. Yeah, um, I just kept calling him Wang. Wang, Wang, Wangro. Um, Wangro. And um, so that's a team. But it, while they're all setting up for the main, the big heist in the middle of the movie, their next job, and that's like the whole first act. While Al Pacino's crew is trying to catch him before they do the next job. And um, there's been this storyline about the Allstate guy. The Allstate guy is playing a character who's just gotten out of prison and is on probation of some kind and has to get a job and has to do all these things to not go back to jail. And he gets stuck at this shitty restaurant and they hooked him up, but the boss is an asshole and like taking some of his money and just big piece of shit. And I'm interested in this. They keep going back to it for the whole first half of the movie. They keep going back to it. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And um, and he's got a girlfriend, or, or and she's just telling, you know, help, trying to help him stay on the straight and narrow. And then all of a sudden, halfway through the movie, Robert De Niro shows up. It's like, hey, you want to be our driver? And, halfway. Uh, this is in the last 45 minutes. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. No, it's not. That's way it's before like, that. It's like, the, it's like the big heist. When he's like, big, you wanna... Yeah, it's an he hour. He has to in. be the driver after the big heist went wrong. Like with an hour left in the movie, and no. then he gets. That's not what happened. Yeah, that's not. No, it's not. He was in the big heist and dies in the big heist. The, the, uh, the uh, yeah, the big oh bank robbery. Yeah, I thought that happened with like an hour left. No, that w there was like uh, there was an hour left when Man, they were already so tracking long. down them afterwards. Like Ashley Judd talking to the cops when Val Kilmer rolls up is forty five yeah. minutes left in the movie because I haven't. Oh my written, god, I this movie's that long. I haven't Holy written shit. down. Yeah, I haven't written down. It's three hours. Oh, that just goes to show like how much like the like the last hour of that movie just like I was so bored. I was so lost in it. Because the, uh, uh, I feel like he didn't start picking up again until he finally gets like to the airport. Yeah, um, it doesn't really. It doesn't really. With, it's um, uh, the interesting. I was interested in Val Kilmer, and then he leaves with with forty minutes left in the movie. Um, doesn't come back uh, yeah, again. We don't. Yeah, no idea what happens to him. He just gets a haircut, and it's just like the his wife tells him no, it's a trap, and he just yeah, she oh, had yeah, a chance to turn him in. All right, so now you've ruined my way. I was going to tell the story about the Allstate guy. I'm gonna go back to that. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> it felt like because that's the best part of the movie is that whole middle. Like I feel like that's where it should have ended. Uh, well, that's what. So that's so that's hour two where the heist ends. Is hour two ends uh, after the whole the whole sequence is uh, like it hits the two hour mark. Yeah. Um, and you know, that makes you feel like this is going to be the end of the movie. And then you look at the time and you're like, there's an hour left. And I guess that's what's supposed to make this movie different is that typically a heist movie would end by this point, And we're getting to see the aftermath of what mm. happens to these characters. It goes on a little bit longer 
and we get to see uh, the true and the aftermath of this. You know, usually at the end of the heist movie, we see the people succeed in the heist and then they ride off in the sunset. Well, <clears throat> this one, we see them all betray each other um, or get revenge on the betrayals and then get caught by the cops or killed by the cops, actually. But anyways, the all-state guy, halfway through the movie, he's working as like a chef, he's eating shit, but he's doing what he's supposed to do. Robert De Niro shows up and is like, hey, want to be a driver? Our other driver can't do it. And uh, all-state guy is like, shit. Takes off his hat and goes. Shoves his manager to the ground and walks out. <laughs> gets no more lines. Gets no more lines in the movie. Giant bank robbery happens. He's just sitting in the car. Drives away, dies without a line, barely even a, a good shot of his death. And his Does head that just, count as a red herring? Um, but you think it's going to be more of a storyline, and it's not. Yeah, like he's going to end up being like important or some shit, and ends up being just—it's literally just nothing. Aaron ceremoniously Does killed. Yeah, I didn't. No. I didn't. I felt like it was a waste of time. Like this is a three-hour. Yeah film and i guess maybe that's like, how it's supposed to be it's, like it's just supposed it's to be assumed that they can get a replacement driver i guess but i don't think you needed to just like keep going back given like, this did, why did we, yeah why do we this character didn't need all this backstory if he was just gonna die unceremoniously in the middle of the film and never be and then like it showed a shot of his girlfriend seeing it on the news i'm like oh she's gonna come back and she's gonna be pissed or something never never nope. no it's it over. was the it was a waste of t it could have completely been edited out of the movie completely unnecessary and i don't know if it's like i'm not with it enough on how how cool it is how unique that is narrative wise that i'm not like appreciating it um but i did not like that i did not i was interested in that character from the beginning and then when he died and it wasn't even like cuz sometimes when they kill off a character like that like ooh gotcha and they like yeah. almost they make sure they shoot it so that you really noticed that he died. But it wasn't even like the way it was shot. He was like off to the he side of the frame. Yeah. Off to the it's side like of the frame. And, and then he's, uh, a shot goes into his head and he dies. And it's like never shows him again. Like it just shoots around his dead body as they all fight, continue the gunfight to get out of the car. I, I mean, will... I guess if you're looking at the gunfight through the perspective of Robert De Niro, like shit is happening so fast. He's got no time to do anything other than just glance and notice and then you know move on with getting the f out like, i think i guess maybe to keep that rushed feel i think that's the way you're supposed to watch this movie period as it's through the lens of al pacino's character and robert janeiro's character i keep yeah. viewing this as an ensemble and it is obviously not an ensemble it is these the two stars and this massive supporting cast yeah. Um, and I think that's my problem with it is I just viewed this all as an ensemble and multi different storylines and different characters, but, uh, it didn't really amount to anything. Mm -hmm. it, it just mounted to a normal fucking crime story that was just extra long and indulgent. Um, yeah, I was so bored in that last hour. I was I, so, like, cause uh, the, the, the first heist is sick. It's super fucking good. You know, and then like Wayne Grows just killing the people. Um, and there's like actual consequences for it later in the diner. Like that was cool. But then that, all this, but that, that whole thing sets up. It's like, why, Robert De Niro, why couldn't you just let it go? Like with the way you could have been off scot free if you didn't feel the need to kill Wayne Grow at the end. Uh, 
Yeah, you know, I, like, his like his thirst for revenge is too much. He leaves his lover that he sequesters for no reason. Like it's just like, why did you even need to bring her with you if you were just gonna do that? It yeah. does. It doesn't make sense. He's conflicted by well, his revenge and his want for love. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I the char- the main two characters are you know, written well. It's the problem that everyone around them, I think, is not, and especially the female characters. This movie fails the Bechdel test on the lowest yeah. of levers, levels. There is, n- I don't even think women get to have a conversation without a man, and like, when- there's no woman speaking without a man around. Ever. Without their man. Yeah, it's not even like a general man. It's like yeah. their their own man around. Um, it's the it's a very masculine film, and as much as the killer is masculine, there's something really romantic and sensitive about it. This movie mm. does not feel sensitive to me, even though it's trying to be. It's trying to get me to care about these relationships, and like the you know, ones deteriorating and ones building. I guess is the the in, they're the inverse of each other. Like these guys are a lot. Di- they're so different, but they're so similar. Um, it's just it's it's a, it's a premise that I've seen so many times, and I think that I probably it's probably derivative of this film maybe to a degree, and that's my that's the issue that I'm not appreciating with. Um, but uh, I don't know. There's so much good about it. I just don't think it needed to be three hours. I don't think. Um, Maybe two and a half. I, I think, yeah, 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 yeah I, at least. Um, there's so much good about it, but the, yeah, there's so much over. I think it's overhyped and overrated. I think this is a movie that people watch, get to watch because it was a big blockbuster before they re- watch a lot of like more, you know, art films and heavier films and indie films or whatever. And they think of this like the deepest thing ever. And then they watch other shit and they're just like, okay, yeah, it was good, but. It's not like the craziest thing I ever saw. Mm. Didn't change my life. It didn't blow me away. This did not yeah. do any of that. I expected it to to blow me away. I wonder and, if it's like, for me, the only thing I like really keep thinking about. I, I come back to since I've watched it is just the height, the two heists. Like they're so such good spectacle that I'm wondering if that's just what everybody left the theater remembering after the like after the the boringness wore off and everything. It's just like. Because it is phenomenal. Like, it's shot so well. Oh, the, it the, looks so good. The bank robbery um, is the best bank robbery I've ever seen filmed. Um, I think Christopher yeah. Nolan's shit, um, particularly in the second Batman, is super mm. influenced by Very, the, oh, the for heat, sure. The I was thinking that too. Even as the same guy. Because the mask. Uh, wait, what's No, the I mean, like, the, the, ba- the bank guy is the same. There's the Van's, Van's, uh, what is the name? Van Zant's. Uh, the guy who plays Van Zandt is also the guy who runs the bank in the Dark Knight. You want, you know, he's walking with a shotgun, shooting at the. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Will Fickner. Yeah, yeah. From me. It's the same. Yeah, it's the same dude. So, like to me, that that definitely feels inspired by that. Yeah, it has I to love, be. I love that Danny Trejo's in this as himself. <laughs> yeah, his name's just Trejo. Uh, I thought that yeah. was interesting. They just didn't want to name him anything else. Um, I guess maybe that's a sick name. Might as well. Um, uh, I, like, yeah, I could, there's a lot to love and there's a lot to learn. And, oh, I do want to say the ending scene at the airport is shot so fucking incredibly. Mm-hmm. Um, like the way, like the cat and mouse and the, the one-on-one gun. It's a really long fucking slow gunfight. 
but it is it's very done it's done well as vibes the score of this movie is excellent um apparently moby does a lot of the soundtrack um, oh i oh that's i had that written down i can't tell if i love or hate this music because a good score is supposed to be one you don't notice and the entire time like where i feel like music should have been winding down it's just like heavy fucking 90s uh i loved like it techno and yeah shit. yeah and i was like, just like ah this is kind of weird like acid house like it's like it was like i i did it was awesome when it needed to be awesome but then whenever it was like coming down to softer parts it's just like the music kept going up and i was like i did, i don't i don't enjoy this but i loved um, it but that, that's it fair was, that's i figured fair. you'd like it yeah that's fair i loved it though um yeah i i think the more i sat with it i think i hated it i didn't hate it ever but the more i sat with it the more i liked it but i was very frustrated i was i can't I, I was very frustrated afterwards. I was just like, this <laughs> is the fucking best crime movie of since the night 1990s. Like this is one of the best crime movies ever. I don't know. I said that. to Kylie, I think twice. I can't believe I wasted three hours of the day doing this. <laughs> that was my initial take. But now that I've sat with it and we're talking about it, I definitely like I, if I would rewatch just the heist and be so on board, I, uh, I, I would honestly never could, if this movie, movie wasn't three hours, I would want to watch it again to see yeah. all this shit again. It was, there's so, like, it is good stuff about it. The there's I, Oh, I want to talk about Al Pacino because of what my issue is with him. But the performances largely are good. Uh, I like uh, the cast. I like everybody in it except for, like, John Voight can suck one because he's a Trump lover. Um... <laughs> But uh, but everything else, yeah. Hank Azaria, I was in it. I just like everyone is somebody. Um, uh, I have written down here. I can't Jeremy tell Piven? if Val Kilmer is a. Tr- oh yeah, Jeremy Piven said it for like a hot second, like literally like a thirty second moment. But uh, I have written down here. I can't tell if Val Kilmer is attractive or not in this movie. I He's go starting back to age a little bit. Well, in the end, he's all beat up, so his like face looks real fucked up, and he's got like a ponytail. He's got yeah, but like this, sometimes it's like, man, he looks—he's a fucking cool motherfucker, and he looks like he's oh, when he's and on the other... top of that that fucking truck thing with that sniper rifle, yeah, or, like and he's just like doing like rolls and flips and boom, boom. Yeah, he's doing three sixty no scopes and yeah, yeah, essentially, <laughs> and it is so badass. He steals but, moments in this movie, yeah, but without lying, steals like, moments. They're on these like extreme close-ups of him, and I'm just like, man, he looks really weird right now. I don't know why they like this shot. Was like I don't know. I couldn't. I just he kept going from handsome to uh, to. He's starting. It. I think he's starting to age at this point. Um, and uh, he's, he only has a couple more movies in like in stardom before he starts to get weird. Is this um, pre or post Batman for him? This is post Batman. Gotcha, gotcha. Pretty sure. So he was still riding high. Yeah, yeah. And he's a saint, I think, is a, is around this time. Uh, you know what? We should have put Boondock Saints on this, even though we've both seen it a million times. That I, I mean, that was that's fine. I well, there's always next year. I already have some thoughts about what we should do next. If we're still to, if the podcast to survive to next year, I have some ideas um, for good ones, ones that I wish we would have did this time. Um, but no, I think it's good. Uh. Oh, Al Pacino. Here's my issue with him. 
in the 90s this is like from the 90s on because i think of i think of devil's advocate um i think of every given sunday uh i think uh or any given sunday what's that movie where it's him and colin farrell and their secret eight and they're like training colin farrell to be a secret agent is that serpico or is that a no serpico is old that's okay. old it's, yeah that's... i don't know um i can what i don't know <laughs> but anyways uh i he just like screams all the time like that's just him acting yeah. it's just him yelling at everything and it's just not so people it, love. sometimes it does it for me but sometimes it doesn't and i think it's a little overrated um i love him and you know he's young i like scarface and godfather is one of you know the godfathers are he is one of those hey, Michael Corleone is such a subdued performance, you know. He's very quiet, mm-hmm. and that's what makes like. But he's kill you, and he runs a. But you I, know, he's a murderer. I mean, I want chief to like. He does. He does something like this once, and that's just what like all directors onward wanted because it's like, yeah, that was. It's like Nicholas Caging. It's like Nicholas Caging, yeah. and like and like Nicholas Cage's prime of doing this shit is the nineties. Um. So maybe it's just like overacting was like the the thing everyone was doing. I can't find the name of this. The Recruit. The Recruit is the name of the movie. With with Colin Farrell, Al Pacino, and Bridget Moynihan. I don't remember her. But um, it was all right. I've seen it like a million times because it used to play on TV all the time. Reception, 43%. There you go. What are you giving? So I want to see Michael Mann's other films. Apparently, Thief is supposed to be like an iconic '80s uh, movie with um, uh, James Con. Um, nineteen eighty one. James Con. Why does that name sound so familiar? He's in. I know he's in The Godfather. He's in Elf. He's the dad in Elf. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. He did The Last of the Mohicans, The Keep, Ali. Wow, he did Ali? Yeah, he did Ali. He's on the list. He's on the list for a bunch of, for a few things. Manhunter, supposed to be good. Yeah, I would like to see more Michael Mann movies, but uh, hopefully they're not three hours jack off. Like, let's just, like, let's film Pacino and De Niro just jacking off on each other for three hours. <laughs> and call it heat. <laughs> That's well, the heat. That we'll put a heist in the middle. Cut it. Print it. <laughs> um, Yeah, I, I'm... If you're ready for stars, I'm going to... I'm ready for stars. Star. I've been just joking. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give this... I'm giving this a three. Wow, that is a uh, spice. You were gonna so that means you were gonna give it something worse before. You said yeah. you, that you've grown; it's grown on you <laughs> since. I, I was originally. I walked give it around a the house. And a half. I, I I walked around the house upset with how much of my day I lost to this movie yesterday. You don't understand. And I, 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 I feel so bad saying it. I feel yeah. Like- I watched it all at once in one sitting and was just like I. I, I, I'm so pissed. This was my day off and I wasted it watching this fucking movie. <laughs> I, um, um, I watched the first two hours and then I watched the last hour. Um, 
I yeah, I feel like your you your opinion might change a little if you watched it all in one sitting. Uh no, I I mean I I about felt how, those feelings. Boredom. I felt those feelings. It was just like it was just the way it went down. Um, that last hour, the boredom would jack up I was, a whole the, bunch more. There was a big chunk of the last hour I did not. After Val Kilmer left, I was checked out until they got to the airport scene. Yeah. Um, like, I saw Wayne Grow die. Like, I, I registered the things that happened, but I just, like, so checked out. Um, I'm telling you, you'd be even more checked out because it, like, cause you've just been looking at your clock like, this thing's still fucking going. Like that's that's what I just kept doing. Like I just I I I regret watching it in one sitting. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean you gotta just uh, you know. If I would have broke it up. It would have felt more like watching it like a Netflix. I was show gonna say I feel like this feels like a it feels like a mini series, like a three part yeah mini series, um like three hour chunks. I think that would be the best yeah. way to consume this. Yeah, As a I, film I, in one I, sitting, that is what deters me from wanting to watch it again. I was going to give it a three. Then I was going to give it a three and a half. But I have settled to give this movie a four. Um, what? Yeah, because I think the more and more I thought That's about the it, hottest take of the day. It's it's really it's it is good. It's just not the best movie ever. Like some people, I think that was what I think how high my expectations were, or what fucked with me. And then I, I didn't want, I felt like uh, it sucks because I thought it was going to be so like great. And I'm just like, it's, it's very good. It's perfectly made. Like everything's, I think the shots and everything look amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like a shot of Robert De Niro with like, um, like night or like infrared and just like a close up of his face on the screen with like infrared on and it looks so weird. And then it like cut to something with Al Pacino's face and it was, it was cool. It was cool. Um, I just it's the three hours that prevent me from from liking it any more than that. For me, it's the pa- it's just the pacing. The pacing just, is what makes the three it. hours feel hard. I like it ruins it for me too much to give it a four because I I'm I I'm not gonna lie. I other than looking up the heist on YouTube maybe once in a while, I'm never coming back to this. <laughs> I have no desire to ever come back to this. I can so, now at least talk about it at the water cooler, but it's I'm Well that's what I'm, this I'm podcast cool. all about, being able to talk about films at the water cooler. Doesn't mean you have to like everything everyone else likes. I just want to go to the letterbox because this is what keeps making me feel bad about not liking this movie is everyone I follow that watched it uh, gives it almost perfect scores. Patrick Willems, five. Carson Runquist, four and a half. My friend Drew. She gave it a five. Uh, real life friend. Ralph, the movie maker, five out of five. And Roger Ebert website, which I don't, which must be Roger Ebert himself because he was alive then, gave it a three and a half out of four. So every single one gave it at least like a, you know, nine out of 10, a 90% mm-hmm. grade. Patrick Willem said. I mean, it, I mean, it is good. I mean, for me to say that like Dread I, was better than this is kind of hard. Is, too. is not true. Yeah, Dread is not better. Yeah. That's all. The, also, all the, that's also what I. I mean, think but about. I just enjoyed Dread more. I guess I should say. I guess I'm well, doing it based a, on like, what I like. I it's it's not a pop. Heat is not a popcorn flick. Heat yeah. is a drama with heavy action sequences. It's way yeah. like one of the biggest action sequences I've ever maybe seen and best. 
Um, like, I, 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 it's not I better than the killer. It's not better than the killer. It is not better. No, than I like the killer, killer significantly more. The killer, I, like had, the killer I, I think the killer's style and sensibilities speak to mine, uh, resonate with what I'm into more. Um, the killer came this, out six years prior. Oh, and it's That's highly like influential, even probably even on this movie. Um, Patrick Willems says, Patrick Willems said, it's cool when a bunch of geniuses at the height of their powers all converge on one single perfect project. <laughs> Nobody else, I don't think, said anything of the thing I follow. But yeah, kind of shamed me into not getting it at first, but it's not like I'm not, I definitely don't force myself to love it. I'm not giving it more than a four. Because of how I felt, because of how I felt at periods in this movie, I'm just like, what the fuck? This is yeah. stupid. This that's is what dumb. I'm saying. Like but, that's what I'm saying. But but that's but, like it's. It... But I'm gonna tell you right now, the next movie we're about to talk about, I you know that's how made me realize this is a four because that movie was not good. <laughs> Atomic Blonde was I not liked it good. Lot. It I was liked not good. It was I liked not it a good. Lot. It was a lot. I I liked it so much more. It was so much fun. So much more fun. It's it's a terrible um, plot, but we're gonna get to that in a second. What you well, don't like triple agent conspiracies? It's terribly told narrative, dude. It's terribly. Um, it's not easy to follow, and then once you do, it's just dumb. And the triple I agent I'm, thing. I and... consider myself not the most intelligent person, but I I don't know. I, was, I followed it pretty well. It was. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it, it was like convoluted, but but simple at the same time, and it just it was just bad. It just seemed badly written. The movie seemed badly written. Right, let's hold on. Let's movie switch over. Yeah, let's. That it's not. It's it atomic seems, blonde. It's those. a little. Tr it's it, it's a bit trite. Like it's super on the nose with anything artsy. It's trying to do. Like just fucking. Well, I don't think it's trying to bludgeoning. Be yeah, it definitely is trying to a little bit, and it is bludgeoning you over the head with it, with, with the lighting, with the constant sh pop music because they're too lazy to show you that this takes place in the eighties or anything else besides the pop. I, music. Well, I think you're reading this completely different. I think it's just like we're just gonna do something that's a little like, like I think it has style for what it's got. Like, like it has it a has style. style. It, it has it style. Yeah, it. but I'm, and it's sticking with it throughout the whole thing. But it beats um, you. It's not. It's like blunt, and it beats you over the head with it, and it is just not done. I think it could be done with much more um, grace or subtlety. I guess the the action sequences are awesome. Like that. Let's just get that right out of the way. This is a fun. Yeah, they, they, this is a fun movie, but you just turn your brain off and don't overthink it. But it gets boring. This, uh, also, the whole second act of this movie is boring as shit. Really? Oh There's man! Nothing, I, after the after the George Michael fight scene, until the stairs fight scene. I was saying that I is am that water out of this movie. Oh, good checked out yeah. of this movie but that's that's the end that's literally the be like the beginning and the end the um oh this is a this is directed by the co-director of the first john wick and the yes yes i know director of the third john wick um which third john wick is because i is my favorite of the three um but the so that's why i like this is very much female john wick uh I see. I didn't think that. I didn't not think that. But I haven't seen them all. Uh, yeah, I've seen all of the all three of them. They're this is 
this is very much this is female john wick with more story if that makes sense like there's more going on here from a story perspective than uh, there is in i thought john wick. i thought john wick had more fighting than this this didn't have That's that what, much fighting but let's say this is john wick but like more story um because there's actually like a plot going on where john wick's is just like you killed my dog and then the second one is you guys fucked with me while i was trying to get revenge or kill my dog and then the third one is he spilt blood on the uh on hollowed ground so now everyone wants to kill you so i'm uh, gonna like, super thin plots so, yeah this plot is attempts to be in depth and it is not um it so uh, this film boils down to three three basic themes 80s pop music <laughs> bisexuality and stomping on dicks that's the three things those are the three themes of the movie there are uh, like nine dick shots in the whole and then at the very end she stomps on uh james mcavoy's dick just literally stomps on it i'm just like what symbolism symbolism much me and wrist were just we were literally had a dick shot count um by the end it was up to like seven or eight it wasn't like super high but the fact that in the very end she stomps on his dick and I'm just like, okay, this is obviously a theme. Woman beats man ass is a theme of this movie. Fine. I don't have a problem with that. It's just, and then the lighting. So I don't know if you're familiar with the term bisexual lighting. Uh, okay. It's a thing. It's a thing. Bisexual lighting. It's a thing of the 2010s specifically is when you are have blue and pink on you on both on each side. It comes up in a million things in the 2010s. There's like a highlight reel you can. Find. Yeah. Oh, that's the whole euphoria lighting. Yeah. Euphoria is entirely lit in bisexual lately lighting. Um, and uh, that that's definitely uh it, but it's like beating you over the head with it like sh- then you know sh- she's bisexual she had a the, her former agent guy died and now she's hooking up with the chick from climax also yeah the movie climax is awesome the star is the french agent in this film so i was ha- and this movie came out a year before climax um so i thought that was interesting that this like i just saw that movie recently so it was cool to see her pop up um like it, it it's not though terrible if you're here for the action it is not like unwatchable um but the whole second period of it where it was a lot about talking and a lot of james mcavoy and um like i like him i like he always does these kind of movies yeah i he was phenomenal in it i thought the cast in general was really good i like charlie saren in it a lot um, I don't have a problem. I didn't have a problem with her performance. She's good. She's always this, this good. She's a high bar. Um, and she, she like so. Then there was like the the duplicitous. Like she's bisexual and she's a double agent and she's a triple. And then we find out she's a triple agent and you know she's just you know back. She's tri- sneaky and deceitful. And I feel like it's just a bad um, stereotype. The kind of a stereotypical um char- characterization of a bisexual person um hey, i that's the, that's why you say because i didn't even notice or care about the bisexuality at all or anything well, I was just like, you're, oh, not, love you're not really connected to that stuff yeah and because that's i don't feel like it's like making it it's a like theme in the movie like it's a, literally a theme in the movie like the the, like, the lighting the character is bisexual the double agent all that stuff like it's it's a thing in the movie i mean i i i didn't 
correlate the two as being anything more than just like she just has a female love interest in this and like that's all i went with because it's you know it's not, i feel like like i that's when he says beating you over the head with it, like i don't other than the lighting being like neon for everything uh, but i wouldn't uh like i would i just spelled it out for you i just spelled it out for what the movie is i would feel like the creators would made this just because like this kind of neon lighting is popular and it looks cool oh um, no this is intention this no way it's not intentional to have a have the light the lighting the bisexual character the double agent shit like it's a it's a trope it's like a stereotype not a trope but it's like a stereotype because um, it's uh, it is, it's based on a graphic novel yeah i know but i don't think that like uh that's probably why they chose to do like some of these choices if that's a part of the the comic um but it's it's it it really time makes the movie a time capsule it like dates it um for me a little bit um if the movie was good i honestly don't have, hate the lighting i think it's cool i think it's cool and and um it's a kind of a gimmick a little bit and it doesn't really nothing about the movie like i said indicates that we're in the 80s other than the intro in the beginning the the constant barrage of 80s pop music and it's not even like deep cuts it's all like the basic ones that you'd probably think of well i mean um, you also have all all of the cars you've got the berlin wall all of the set de- like design and stuff like it's all well, like all when they talk era. about that's the berlin wall or whatever but it, it's just not it's i feel like it's it, they over you it's like a crutch the pop music and i think it's it's a it's a thing with movies in the 2010s because of things like that were successful with it like guardians of the galaxy um mm. that there's a lot of movies since then that are just constantly barraging you with pop music like the suicide squad is an example of a terrible movie that does it oh yeah that was yeah that was oh um God. i don't think this is as bad as something like that um, because at least there's a theme, but it doesn't feel like it's that well curated. It just seems like they went to a top eighties hit list and make sure that it was like Europe centric. So they made, there was mostly non-American music and non-American bands. Mm. Um, um, uh, I don't know what the fuck is playing right now. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I don't know. It was it, it's not, like I said, it's not the worst movie ever. I don't think it's like not worth a watch. I think it is the worst movie we've seen so far on Boomfest. Like as far as well, as far as made the narrative is thin for me. Um, I thought the, I, I think this is great. I thought this movie did was, was pretty good with what it was, was trying to do. Um, I think the other, acting was, was, it was uh, exactly what I wanted it to be. The uh, and I like that it was. It's the same kind of like I wanted this movie treating it like John Wick and treating it like shoot him up and stuff. And it's like it's everything I wanted it to be. And but I think it had, it's worse. I like the, it's like a worse version of that. It. It's just a worse version of that. I don't. Um, I, I like this about as much as I like the first John Wick. Tell you what, that's like legendary. Yeah. The first John Wick. Yeah. The, yeah. I mean, it's good. Like it just like that oneer goes on for so long that's in this good but that so doesn't it, it doesn't like make up for a terrible plot <laughs> um I, like a, I didn't think it was that bad at least, I, I like at least heat has a has a very coherent and understandable plot um 
And it's just like, so, I don't know, just hitting you over Not the head. He has so, the... so, so many things, unnecessary things in it that bloat it, though, which in my opinion, it makes it like that's why I was bored. It just spends uh, extra. It's it, it goes another hour. Like once you understand that it's an extra hour on the heist movie, like this is where the normal heist movie ends. And here's another hour of what happens after. I think it gets mm -hmm. a lot easier to understand why it is that long. Um, and they spend a lot of time on. I like. I. I'm not saying that's perfect. It's just a much well better made movie than this. Um, this movie is a little gimmicky, and it's a little bit. It's gimmicky, and it's got stereotypes with far as far as uh, bisexual characters. And that's not terrible. I'm glad that we have. I'd rather have this than nothing. That as far as representation or or whatever. Like it's not saying like this is egregious and this should be canceled. It's not like that. No. 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 It's just like this is it's obviously directed by a straight white man is what I'm <laughs> like. It, it's obviously one of the people helming this project, but they're they're trying. They tried to do something progressive. They tried to do something um, with a character of, of LGBT origins and whatnot. It's just I find it a little unfortunate that it's like kind of falls into a stereotypical thing with the. Like double so, bisexual double agent. So this is a. I was reading this. This now. This is a passion project for Charlize Theron, uh, and that's and she is on as a producer as well. Oh, okay, that doesn't change anything for me. Uh, I'm just saying like that. The because isn't she part of the uh, uh like the LGBTQ? Well, that, that's not the issue. It's the, the who made it, who wrote it, directed it. The filmmaker. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you're on the producer, you're if you're a producer, you have a heavy hand in how so, how something's made. Yeah, Charlie like, Theron's not a filmmaker, though. Like, well, she can only have so much control. She can only have so much control of what's going on. Well, well, a producer has more control on set than the director. That's the director's vision, you know, like... Oh, for sure. They're like, the I'm filmmaker. Like, it, 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 from what I'm reading, there's a reason like why the producer doesn't get credited as the filmmaker. The um, there's no producer auteurs. <clears throat> uh, you're missing what I'm trying to say. Um, I'm trying to say is like she would have a hand with the director in kind of figuring out the vision, especially if she's also starring in it as well. Um, yeah, I'm not saying. Uh, yeah, that's the but that don't doesn't i i can just feel like this missing it, it may be that it's just like not it's dated it's dated it already and it's only six years old you know old seven yeah. years old that like on as far as lgbt stuff regardless of any of that i just noticed that the director is that but regardless beyond that point whatever that's just me talking is it's that kind of thing like already dates it to this time um it's a, like it's a, and i feel like i'm extra dumping on it because you liked it more than i feel like it feel like it should be but that's okay you're allowed we're allowed to this is a yeah, rare I know, you, occurrence. you you i know you get upset when people like things that you hate <laughs> um yeah well the reverse also when you don't get something that i think is good um but yeah i think this movie's basic that it's like kind of Matt, like trying to be more than that um it's I good it, i it's just I like think it, it, 
it did what it set out to do. Like it doesn't seem to me it did it never came across as trying to be anything more but than it's just being but other than those two, three actions other than those two, three action sequences, it's not good. And that's that was a short part of the movie. Like the the action sequences other than the stairwells aren't long. Um and they're not a big part of the movie, and the rest of the movie is is not engaging on it on any level. Like that's uh, the problem. We just disagree on it, then. I mean, how do you not? How do you not see that? How do you? How, how do you have an, was, not have an explanation? Every, because everybody's different. I was into it the whole movie. I enjoyed it. the like. I I never got bored during it. Like, I was I, uh, yeah. I was incredibly bored the whole middle of this movie. The plot sucks. But all right, all right. Well, that's fine. It says agree to disagree. <laughs> it's just wild, wild. Um, um, yeah. Well, it's just more. It's a more. You know, uh, it was trying to get the John Wick people. It's like and I think that's definitely what it's trying to do with the people, the guy involved, and everything. But uh, I don't think I think it, it's watchable and it's fun, and I don't hate it. I like. There's a lot I like about it. The lighting, James McAvoy, um, Charlie Theron's good. Um, I was into it. But I think it's um it's mediocre at best. And That's it's, fair enough. Um, so what do you give it? Um, I I liked this about as much as I like shoot 'em up. So I'm gonna give it like a three and a half. Oh my god! I'm giving it a two and a half. Um, yeah. I'm uh, yeah two and a half as much as like I said I didn't actually hate it it's just I didn't I there was a lot I had problems with and I felt like it was lazy and like if it's trying to be dumb it 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 succeeded but not in a good way like not dumb but like trying to be like an act oh let's like, turn your brain off it's just an action movie man like that's like not an excuse I feel like because a good action movie doesn't make like you don't even have to make that that distinction like you just watch it um and enjoy it i mean and, and it sounds like you did so that's fine i didn't i did not yeah, but that's, um that's not trying to change your opinion on it well that's uh, what this is about this is where, where we have to talk about each other's opinions and and why they're different yeah the um but yeah, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I like it three and a half. We have to go into why. We can't just be like, oh, okay, agree to disagree, and then end the podcast. Well, yeah. no, I mean, we we both gave our reasonings, and we couldn't convince each other. So it's like, what you know, why keep rehashing the same statements? Yeah. Um. Uh, well, we. I mean, we got plenty. Of, we're we're pretty early on time, so we should keep talking about it. But all right, all the, right. Well. We can get the scores. Go ahead. Oh, uh, well, I was saying I said three and a half earlier. Uh, oh, we already did. Yeah, two and a half. Yeah, yeah. The what? What I was gonna ask, I had it written in my notes, was if you could notice any of the cuts in that one. Or there were two, uh, two blatant cuts that I noticed, and then one that was, uh, I think, is a cut, but I'm not sure it is. But there's, uh, um. In the stair, like the stair one, because it goes like, from uh, yeah, the I read that there was the a hallway. it was stitched together like Birdman, is what I read. Yeah, I figured it had to be because it was like it goes on, like I noticed it was a one or when it was uh, 
when it goes into that room and you have the uh, um the spyglass guy he's trying to like tape the shit around him and then she's still fighting with the blonde haired dude and then it still keeps going without a cut now obviously there's a, a cut in there somewhere but uh until uh, uh it goes all the way until they get into the car and then that big semi truck blasts through the uh the one kgb guy's car and like that's the first cut that, that you're like meant to see or whatever i thought it was super cool though that was like the um that was one of the longest like action wonders i feel like i've seen um in a movie because like that's like those are obviously oh, super, hard boiled hard boiled hard boy like uh, i mean that's i don't think that's as long as this was that's a pretty long one ain't it i guess yeah, this, long. Is, this like is pretty long minutes. you're right this is long this is oh. like f- over five minutes uh is what it felt like at least um but yeah uh, the super good the uh all of the like um what's it called the the stunt choreography and everything and nothing ever looked like it was like you know you see those the henchmen in the background where they're like just waiting for their turn to go in um Others did really good with uh, that and giving everybody something to do. And the director, David Lights, is a stunt, like a former stunt choreographer as well. So it's like that makes sense. Like he knows how to shoot the stunts to make them look as like the best as they possibly could be. Um, the uh, yeah, all that, all this, that where it looked good. I like the fight scene behind the movie screen. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that's what I like. That's what I mean. Like, there was obvious nods to artsy shit because they were playing Stalker. They were playing Tarkovsky on the theater, like an advertising ant. Like, that's you know, that's an art head flick. Um, it's like a you know, everyone knows if you're into art film, indie films, but that's somebody you probably hear about early. Um, but yeah, that's what I was like meaning. Like, there was these. These nods to like like we're trying to do something with it, and I think maybe that's what frustrated me is like I knew it was going to be, I expected it to be a three out of five action film that was just like whatever was the vehicle to make it happen. I think it's because they tried to make a plot, like it and just like with Spyglass and the and the list uh, this list of spies and the double agents and. Um, like they tried to make it a spot, like this interesting spy story, but I think in that regard, it was, it failed, it failed. And so it was a poor vehicle to tell this, to have the action. And that's what I think makes it this hot, makes it a little bit hollow. Um, I'm curious how much of the, the story is from straight out of the graphic novel or how much of it is less made up for the movie as well because i feel like that would if you're bound by this whole triple agent thing obviously there's a way to do it better and uh, there's definitely parts in the middle where i was just where i was like i like obviously james mcavoy is bad in some capacity but just like to what extent but he wasn't even the um, bad guy like it was her deceiving him that was the it feels a double pleasure to deceive the deceiver yeah and then it, well then you you get the the twist which I am not gonna lie didn't I I expected her to be Satchel and then but like afterwards when she's like killing it or they're gonna kill her and then she gets in the thing with John Goodman I was like oh so she was just with the CIA the whole time I so heard her like, accent slip in the car when she was in the car with the with Spyglass she said something in under stress and it was straight American accent. I was like, was that an American accent? And I said it out loud, like thought it was an inconsistency and then it actually just came up at the end. So I thought that was cool. Um, it, it was, it wasn't the issue with even like, 
with any of with that happening or anything like the twist being predictable or anything it's just how it was told and then just like so much time was spent on two lesbian sex scenes and just like okay like we get it she's bisexual we get it (laughs) like is like tell more story (laughs) um uh yeah I, I I don't know I've decided I'm changing my score to two by the way not because of like this conversation I'm just the more I'm thinking about it um like I think that's what I I wanted because Riss hated it and I was like oh isn't that bad and then the more I thought about it I was like oh she's like the whole middle of the fu- the film it was like hard for me to. Get off my phone. I, I I feel like when I'm bored with a movie, I end up going to the wiki and reading about the production while the movie is on. Yeah, that was and me with Heat. <laughs> I did that for the whole middle of this movie. Um, and uh, oh, Bill Skarsgård couldn't tell you a thing about his character. Don't know who I. He was a student agent. I don't fucking know. Another secret agent, I assumed. Fucking yeah, shows just, up in two yeah. scenes, comes back in the end. Fuck off! I know what's going on with him. Well, she, well, she had a line that was like, "Oh, we're gonna use my people for this." So I just assumed that they were all part of like MI6, uh, or I guess but now actually, you know that they were the CIA. CIA. Um, so they got it. That made made sense. Like whether or not it's good, it made sense. Uh, uh it's not like a, it's it's like a, this is not a terrible movie. This is even if you like action and want to see an action movie. Um, with some ass kicking, and especially if you want to see a, a, a Charlize Theron or just a woman whooping man ass, you should see this movie. It is worth it for that. Yeah, um, her her stunt choreography is so good in this. Yeah, it's like so you, this. That's what I'm. I think that's my problem. Is that this feels like a movie made by stuntmen? This does not feel no, like a this movie is, made yeah, by this, filmmakers. This is a movie made by stuntmen. That's I know, exactly I know, I know. Uh, that's so. Like that's my problem with it, and it doesn't mean that it wasn't like I wouldn't want to see more from this from David Leish, or I wouldn't want to see a sequel, or I may I wouldn't want to see a sequel, but I wouldn't want to see more of this style, like you know, nurtured, like the John, because this comes from I guess the John uh, Wick DNA. Um, it, it's fine and it's fun. It's just don't think if you don't understand what's going on, don't overthink it. Just just wait. There'll be another punch scene soon. Um, if you like, if you want, and then you get maybe a lesbian sex scene in there too. Uh, <laughs> the, I think there's only one. There's just there's, the, two. there's the one where they they make out in the red elevator, but to t- he takes she takes her gun and then get info, and then then they the, go to the her apartment. Sex scene. Yeah, then there, uh, then there's a and second then later, one. Later they're just in bed. Oh, later they're just in bed and talking while she smokes a cigarette. No, there's a there was a second makeout in the bed later and later in it. Um, because I literally like went on a rant about it as the movie was on in front of Riss. Uh, we both went on a rant about it. Um, yeah, I don't like two. That's why I think I gave it two and a half because it's like you could watch it. I don't know. I'm still wavering. Um, there's just a lot about it I didn't like. There's, but there was a lot done well, the lighting, the choreography, everything to have to do with fight, with the action was done awesome. Was done to an awesome degree, um, which I think I, I think I'm I think I'm going back two and a half. I I like that at least everybody's character, other than Stellan Skarsgård, everybody's character had something to do. 
um because like delphine was secretly spying on uh but they just shoehorned it in or, uh, they or, just uh, shoehorned it in it wasn't like done well it's just like oh by the way i was the one that was there taking a picture and then all right cool that's why he stabbed you moving on I like oh that. you have her like uh doing taking all the pictures in the beginning and then you have her like in the in dark room in the middle of the movie so it's like set up that like she's a photographer of some kind um so it just made sense that she was there watching somebody uh the and then that way at least like because after James McAvoy got away I was like motherfucker like he's just gonna get away like how is how is she gonna get it and it's like oh like I forgot about the envelope that she wrote that she was gonna give to Lorraine. Um, like the next time they met up or whatever. So I was like, "All right, cool. Like, get fucking kill James McAvoy. He's an asshole." Um, but I loved his performance. He's, I, 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 I definitely did a good job of making me not like him. Um, he he loves to take movies like this, like C movies. He's a big he. He's a great actor that takes a lot of C movies. That doesn't I think get- he's. He gets to just do what he wants with it, you know what I mean? I don't it's, it's uh, yeah. just, uh, Does he not get bigger? I must not get bigger movies. Uh, I might like awesome. just like playing this and this thing, but also yeah, or that. I have to see Glass still. I really want to see that. Uh, yeah, I know. I because uh, uh, I like I like Split a lot. I thought Split was really good. Um, Since people are pretty split on Break Split. Really good. Yeah, Break was slotted, but Split I think is uh, there. People are pretty split on it, but don't. Yeah, I mean, I I can see it. I just I think his performance is so good that it it drives me to like it. Like, because it's, um, it's like kind of in the like the end of it kind of gets in like the ridiculous, unbelievable. But like, uh, the performances are so good. Like, but like his performance because he's playing like what like ten different personalities or whatever in it. Um, he's a great actor. He's a great actor. Um, he knows how to ham it. He knows how to chew a little scenery. That's for sure. So let me just yeah. go to my my review my review roundup here, and for Atomic Blonde. So Critical, who's kind of you know I don't know if you know Critical. He's like a regular. He's a regular YouTuber, not really a reviewer, but he gave it a three and a half. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Johns, who is kind of a norm, I would call a normie you, uh, movie reviewer on YouTube. He gave it a two. My boy Ralph, the movie maker, gave it a one. Um, Chris Duckman gave it a two and a half and Patrick Willems gave it a three. So, uh, I mean, they're pretty, everyone's pretty divided, uh, from one to three and a half. Uh, the average score for it is a three, it's 3.3. Most people giving it a three, a three and a half or a four. So next being my score of two and a half. So it's not like I'm in the majority, but I'm also not. There are people that agree with me, so I'm good on that. Yeah, but there are also people that agree with you. It seems like most people agree with you. Three and a half is what you gave it, right? Yeah. Um. So that's that's all that matters. I think this is a movie that reg that like not regular people, but just like an average Joe could like more. But I think yeah, cause the, the big like movie buff is is like the 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 cinephile if, if or what have you. This is, is a not lot a more cinephile movie. No, not at all. And I'm like that's not more even that a, it has to be deep. Like I think an action movie can be a cinephile movie. The killer is yeah. a cinephile fucking movie. Absolutely. I, I think the heat. I think heat has cinephile DNA all over it. 
Oh, but for I, sure. This, I, would, I would put it in there. I think this, this no, tries this is... to, at least a little bit, and I think that's my my thing with it. So maybe that's the problem. I'm the cinephile perspective. You're the blockbuster perspective. Yeah. Not, I don't think that's even the. I don't even describe you that way anymore. After the all we've watched and your opinions on everything, I don't think that you're just the Michael Bay guy anymore. Um, but uh, nah, I just but you are more in that world, and I'm more yeah. in uh, in cinephile world. That's a. I guess that's the word. I I didn't think of the term to describe it. Film buff world. Um, but yeah, that's why yeah. I, I started following these reviewers and I thought it'd be a good idea to bring up on the podcast. Like, here's a range of people. I try to get normies. I try to get, you know, like, um, more buff film buff people and, you know, or people that I just, li- I personally follow and like, you know, it's Roger Ebert or whatever on top, like people that are well known. Cause I'm curious. Uh, I'm always curious. Some though, sometimes it makes me feel bad when I don't agree and they all agree on like heat. Like five out of five, four and a half out of five, and I'm just like, what the fuck? I did not feel that way. There's no yeah, way just, I'm giving it more than a four. That's I. I never look at reviews or anything like that because I, I don't until after. Don't really care. I, I don't. I don't even even after half the time, I don't look because I just don't care. Like my opinion is my own, and whatever other people think, cool. But yeah, but there's like a lot of things it. that you could miss from that, and, and like there's things you can learn from analysis. That's why I always send you analysis stuff afterwards because. Like there's, oh, like there's I, shit I, that the we stuff don't that know super into, because we're not smart enough about film. Are there stuff that we don't know or we missed or like you can miss something. You could just not know about something or, or whatever, a technique, uh, whatever. Um, yeah. The stuff that really like engages me and grips me, that's the stuff I end up digging in deep on, like <clears> whether it be analysis or just reading and all that stuff. But it's like the, the if, if, if not like, like stuff on like this level or whatever, it's just like, I, it, it like, I got exactly what they were going for. I liked it. It worked for me, but like, I don't feel a need to really dive deeper into anything else about it. Well, if you do, it's uh, incredibly flawed. And that's what I'm saying versus you can have a movie that is simple action movie that when you dive deeper, it is still good. Like it doesn't need to be deep. You can dive deeper. And it doesn't mean it has to be deep. It just executed well and, and done artfully, you know, and uh, that's that's what I'm saying. It's not like it has to blo- like be the deepest thing ever. It's just ex- about execution of the ideas and the themes. Um, and also with the reviewer thing, I only care about the reviewers that I actually like, uh, what they talk like their opinions or their videos on YouTube or whatever. But the rest of them are just to get some variants, like some more data in in the set. So I can see mm. some more range. Like, oh, here's what a more normie people that I don't like these reviewers. I don't really like Chris Stuckman or Jeremy Johns, but they're more popular. So I want to know what the popular reviewer would have said about this from that school of thought, if you will. Mm. Yeah. I think I always end up uh, I've I've I'm like right in line with, with like what the masses like usually like i'm not a real niche kind of guy like i like certain like more niche things when it comes to probably like anime and stuff just because of like things that you and our dad got us into um yeah but other than that yeah i pretty much fall in the i don't know i just like i think that's what you seek out normally but i don't i think this podcast has proven that i don't think that's actually what you are 
Cause like, no, that's just what I like. I, I enjoy that stuff. Like I, you, yeah, yeah. Basic I, mass I media, in. mass media products. Um, that's what I would describe that stuff as, which is good. I like a lot of that too. There's good stuff on the small scale and the good scale. Yeah, that's like my philosophy is you should never, not you, I'm not talking about you, just in general for the world, um, is that you shouldn't ever be like, this whole thing sucks. This whole genre sucks. Everything with a big budget sucks. Everything that's a blockbuster sucks. Everything that's indie is quiet sucks. Because if you do that, you are blocking yourself from learning so much about something or like something cool. Oh, sure. You know, like there yeah. is something cool in that pile that you could learn from. And you're going to be like, one day you're going to see it on accident and be like, damn, I wish I would have seen that. I wish I would have been open yeah. to that when I was younger. Um, like there's yeah. a reason like all these like dumb action movies get made. Like somebody's buying, like Fast and Furious. Like I have met so many people in the last month that I never would have thought would care for that franchise. Love it to death because they just like it's dumb, ridiculous, but it's so fucking cool. And like that's it, that's enough. I, I heard that there is like a, a strange artfulness to the maximalism of the later ones, and I do want to watch them someday. I just don't like. I've only ever seen the first three, and I didn't like any of them. So why yeah, I've only seen the first watch three. the later ones? I, I've seen the first three and seven. I saw seven randomly in theaters like years ago, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was like, like, uh, the, the guys I roll with in pit, like they're all like super artsy farts dudes. And, uh, and they're just like, Oh my God, I can't wait to see fast nine. It looks so good. And I was like, really? I'm the only one that doesn't want to see this movie. I am so shocked. Uh, um, I mean, uh, those people that get hyped for those kind of movies, um, it's all about, cause it's, all about just, family. it's just dumb and act and act crazy action. Um, that is, uh, I'm into dumb if it's done well, like I said. So I, I would always give something a chance. Um, I feel uh, compelled to watch the Fast and Furious movies because of all this hype. <laughs> so, so just starting and, so, with like four on. So me and Riss have been talking, and I want to say this on the podcast. She has noticed that the entire Twilight series is on streaming right now. Yes, Kai almost made me watch it uh, a couple days ago. So, same, same, same. So, I think we should do either a special or a, like, a watch party or something where we marathon. Like, maybe it's in two chunks where we watch three movies and watch three of the other ones or whatever. God, that's so um, many. Much um, Twilight. I'm going to need so much pizza. Yeah, we would need lots of snacks and, and drugs probably, but... um. <clears throat> But yeah, we were talking about it, and I was like, uh, I don't know if we want to like block, like tie up the podcast for a month on Twilight movies because yeah, that's not what this podcast is supposed to be about. But yeah, maybe we watch them all, and then we just do one big episode about the series as a whole, and we just do the watch parties on the side, and then once we finish, then we do the episode. Your movie sucks. Did did this with did a little video for each movie, and I watched them all. And my mm. God, this is some of the worst shit ever. Kai Kai made me watch the trailer for the first Twilight on that like the Netflix trailer of it, and I'm just like, this is what this looks like. This is what like did so well. The first yeah. movie looked like dog shit. Yeah, it looks like, bad. It looks really bad. It's low budget. And then it the first one super... is low budget. It's super weird seeing Robert Pattinson, who is like 
such a phenomenal actor and has just done all these high like like great roles but not he's just fucking twilight dude edward it's nuts it's so nuts it's so weird seeing it because it's like i'm watching a reverse progression like a digression uh going going back to twilight Ugh, it's wild um all right i think i'm done here I'm done with this podcast. We just about to hit Oh, what, one. what do we got going on uh, next next week? Next week is the final week of Boomfest. And I also looked at the flyer and noticed that I put the wrong dates on it by one day. I put Fridays, not Saturdays. The last yeah, this week half flew. is, well, we were actually struggling. To, we were about to finish way early. And then we just then had another 40 minutes of talking uh, out of nowhere. The um so next week is Kingsman and Expendables. Oh, um, can't wait. This I cannot wait for. I feel I've like this is the, the weakest pairing of of yet. I feel like no, I'm excited for you to. I'm excited for you to watch Expendables. That's what I just I'm excited experience for. it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, after Atomic Blonde, that's the bar that I'm at for both of these movies. So they you'll have to, like you'll like Expendables beat, more. They they because I just was like reading like oh Kingsman is one of those movies. I just saw this morning someone posted in a group I was in. Kingsman's a movie that if you think that you think it, that people say is really good, but it actually sucks. It no, actually, it's like want to really be good. good. It's like want to be really good. Like, like this. Like they kind of compare it to something like this. No, Man. Kingsman's legitimately really good. Like the, it's 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 a fun movie. Um, you'll like it. You will like Kingsman. I think you'll like Expendables, but know what it is going into it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I it's indulgent. It's meant to be an indulgent, like yeah, you know, reference it's, nostalgia fest. Yeah, and I member think that's ba- like member I, berries distilled into a film. Yeah. I, I go in knowing exactly what I'm like, what I want to get out of it. And as long as that expectation is met, that's all I need to like it. You know what I mean? Like, like I was with this, like, it, like with Tom Blonde, like it was ex- every, it was exactly to a T what I wanted it to be and what I thought it was going to be. And so I had to get, like, I, I wasn't let down in any way. Cause it was just, it did I, whatever we talked about it, but I'm super excited for you to watch Expendables. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it, and then we'll wrap that up, and then we gotta start thinking about what we're gonna do once we have to actually watch good movies again. Um, uh, I definitely want to watch. Pig. We had two weeks. The last two weeks were good. Movies. No, I'm just joking. The killer has changed my life. So that, at the very <laughs> least, the killer changed my life out of this boom fest. So I'm very thankful. Me, it taught me how to never have to reload again. It taught me how to love your friends. <laughs> But, uh, um, but yeah, I want to see that pig yeah, movie. Where, pig. Yeah, so we should do that for the first episode back. We can pick, I would like to, we, I think we should try to do a wave of newer stuff to catch up on the 2021 stuff. Um, I, I feel like, um, I feel like we th- want to pick movies from the 2010s that we haven't seen, but in reality, some of these movies are actually not that relevant anymore. Um, mm-hmm. like Kingsman or, uh, Atomic Blonde and and Mother and whatever, but I I want to catch up on things I wanted to see. So this is this isn't just for the world; it's for us too. Um, so I'm excited. But all right, I'm signing off. It's Slob Thomas. My camera's been fucked up this whole time, so we're gonna have to figure that out for next time. Alrighty, sounds good. I'm Corey, and yeah, catch you on the next one. Poop on your ass. Poop. Poop. Poop.